listen up, big fellas. This is the time of Night Sky finally to return. I made it out of the blight. I own a cabaret club near Evershire. Right now, and um, yeah, listen, listen. I have a story. I have a story to tell you. It's about. It's got Mexican now. It's got. It's very bad. It's very bad. Abort, 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 abort. I've got a story to tell you about uh, the warriors of Zeke and Andes. Of every accent that is in Mark's yeah. repertoire. I have a feeling now that Nice Guy, however he looks in your mind, also wears rouge lipstick as well. And a beret. And has no, a mustache. No, I'm imagining he's got beret. a massive like, string of garlic or onions around his neck. Mm. Oh, that's very racist. Racist, how dare you? I'm the one doing the voice. That's <laughs> on me, actually. Big. Um, welcome, welcome to the fellowship of the cabaret. Uh, no, the uh, what's it called? Nice guys, cabaret, cabaret of of naked of naked kobolds. <laughs> we are here, and uh, um, Darren, don't look so confused. It's fine. Let's go with it. <laughs> Do kobolds wear clothes? Or don't argue. <laughs> it's it's canon now. It's canon now. Let's go with the story. Oh, nice now be a nice guy. Kill me, please. <laughs> you know, I've got I've got images of you ever played Dungeon Keeper. Yes. Yeah. I've got the other imps you could you, that would yes. dig all the walls in. I've got pictures of them on like stripper poles now in my mind. As they as they dance on the poles. Um hi everyone. Hi. 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 So did you um, mean us as everyone or did yeah. you mean, you mean the, audience? the podcast world? The I audience. Don't know. You know, hello you... audience. Hello. Let's, let's give them a chance to say hello. I don't, um, you've given me too <laughs> much not. scope to I talk. I feel like Callum was about to introduce it. Yeah, go on. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I do no introducing. Huh. What a, what go a on. Idea that wow. Was. Oh, fine. So, Hello, so, everybody. Welcome Hold on, to... he's about to do it. Now, Callum, no, the floor is yours. It's been disturbed now. It's been no, disturbed no, no, now. no, 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 <laughs> no. Come on, the floor is yours. Step up. Okay, all right, fuck you. Um, Fuck you, Will. Um, (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, an evening of Fireside Chat with us, the Fellowship of the Tabletop. Joining me on my monitor and round their own personalized mics, we have our characters. Well, I don't know if people introduced played Drago, the character, the person who played Drago. We have Ian. Say hello. He is a character. (laughs) Again, this is why Mark writes everything down. Pull up, pull up, pull up. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ian. I played. It is. It's past tense now, isn't it? It's past tense now. It's played. Drago. You played Drago. Barbarian Paladin. We have Will, who played Karstan. I played him, but he's always playing in my heart, so he's always going to be with me. Beautiful, man. That was beautiful. fantastic. That's beautiful. We have Danny, who played Claude. Oh. I've come to terms with the past tense of Claude now for a few episodes. Oh, <laughs> oh. That is heartbreaking. Good evening, everyone. We have Darren, who played Robin. Hello, everybody. This is a wonderful evening to be joining you all as we... Recant and reca- recall, recall the word. Christ, recant, recant, recant heresies. Well, technically, recant. we were following a, a, a banished god, so maybe recant is is te- well. We were demigod. You weren't that demigod. powerful. We weren't all worshiping him. No, no. Um, we are unfortunately missing a Casey who played Helena within our podcast. But I would just like to take a moment to say hi, just so when she does eventually hi, listen Casey. to this. 
And we also have myself, who played Folly Fizzlebang the Ninth, the heroic hero of heroic. our story. Fuck and, you. I'm taking and, if you want me to do the Shadar. intro, I am saying I am heroic. Shadar died in a fight rather heroically as well and helped the entire party from beyond the grave who else have you played Callum go through all of your characters go for it well yeah I could do but in all fairness that would be far too long for the podcast and of course however we cannot be forgetting our majestically maniacal marvellous DM Mark Hey, everyone. I agree with what Danny's just put in the chat. This is chaos. Callum, you're fired. Absolute chaos. Fine. You're not doing it. (laughs) I didn't want to do it in the first place. Taking 110 episodes to get to this. This is our swan song, and we set (laughs) Callum up to deliver it. I blame us. us. It's definitely I blame you (laughs) too. So this really very much is just a chance for us to have a bit of a debrief about everything. Uh, Obviously, the epilogue came out last week. um, And thank you for all your bits and pieces on that. Um, And yeah, it's kind of the the wrap up now. Next week's probably going to be the first of our kind of prologue episodes, uh, introducing some of our new characters back at level one, where everyone can die in a single blow. Um, And so it's just just a chance for us us to have a little chat about it. you know, I, I haven't planned any of this really. Uh, moments, fun, uh, favorite bits, um, mainly about the last, you know, twenty episodes or so. I don't, Jesus, I don't know, just everything really. So, um, well, we did have a fireside chat not so long ago where we did do favorite bit in the did, campaign yeah. and kind of kick that chat off. So we don't have to recap Re- over everything, listeners. If you're if you're interested in what we actually said, go and check out the last fireside chat. I think it was about ten or 12 episodes ago back in november possibly don't quote me on it check it out yourselves um so this is more like mark said this is more about the finale maybe mm. how we feel about our characters end was it right was it wrong did it feel good did it feel bad were we happy about it did we want to lynch mark afterwards it was um <laughs> a lot to a lot to unpack a lot to say i feel uh, like I'm, I'm gonna kick it off actually and just feel just feel the question of to you the glorious DM. How do you feel it went? Did it when you were setting up the ending? Because obviously, for you, the story writing, the writer, the ending is always something that you think about. Even at the start of your campaign, halfway through your campaign, with the characters going where they are, it's probably. Am I right in thinking that in the back of your, you can tell me that I'm just fucking full of shit here, but in the back of your mind, are you always thinking about end game stuff? And and if so, uh, how did it play out in certain stages? Like when you first started this campaign towards the middle and then towards the end, when you actually had the ending, did it kind of play out as you think it would, or did it just kind of go off? Like I'm not riding this train anymore. This is a totally different thing. Yeah. It's, it's a good question. Um, it started off. I think I was playing God of war, like literally two years ago at some point, And I was thinking we'd had a chat about the podcast needing like, you know, and this, cause it was the first time we DMing, um, and needing like a focus, needing like a, right, where are we going? What are we doing? Um, and I'd stolen an idea, a very simple idea from the game of get this thing, do something with that thing in a certain place, and you stop something. And that's pretty much the the banter of the game, which was get the Onyx Reaver, find the world away, stab it at this place, at this time, and stop the blight. And it pretty much went how I kind of expected it to go, but 
luckily in such a way that hopefully get, gave you guys the feeling of autonomy and control over it because the, the split the party, for example, is one thing I didn't think was going to happen. I thought you would all 100% stay together, but added so much to the, the last couple of three or four episodes um, because you guys split up, which was awesome. Um, in my notes, when I wrote like the basic kind of, let's say the world, get the girl, this is the kind of order of things as they happen. There was literally like, just reach the blight, kill this person. And then this happens. Grazit wasn't even in the picture yet, really. Um, he wasn't even a, a a creature. He kind of literally materialized by halfway through the game um, as we were developing it. Uh, Elthir as well. So my baddie was a totally different baddie for the end game baddie um, from what you actually thought because um, as the story moved, the, 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 the enemies had to move and it had to be that you had some kind of fruition and finished uh, feel to moments. Grazit became such a pivotal part in, in many characters' lives and had to meet his end or at least give you the opportunity to kill him. Uh, something had to happen with Elthir because, again, that betrayal couldn't really go unanswered because it would feel like a, a limp dick afterwards. You, you, you want to either kill him or fix it or whatever, but I was 100% set up. For, I think I'd written in, around here, Elthir dies. Um, wow, and so you actually I was, you wrote him off. Well, I, pre- I probably thought, like, at this point in the battle, probably, if they get to this point and do this thing, I had a couple of conditional HP moments. If we reach this point, he run out of things. He'll try one more thing, which was um, his last-ditch attempt to, to morph into the form of something close to the party to change your mind. If that failed, that's it. He's dead. Anyway, moving on. And this was, you know, the story would move on. But it was also dependent because, um, in my mind, the dragon was there as well. Um, he would have got away and recovered, and then the fight with Graz, it would have been him on Dragonback, which would have been a, 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 another part to the battle as well. So actually, by you taking out the dragon... Fuck that you made shit! That, yeah, you made that fight easier because he was going to be on Dragonback. You take out the dragon, doosh, crash, he'd come off kind of like the Lich King of Angmar off the back of his um, big, scary shitty in, um, in Lord of the Rings, and then you'd fight him uh, mano a mano like you did. So... Yeah, you actually, because of the events earlier on, which I was really pleased about because it made it so that I wasn't controlling that that last push, even though it felt quite, keep going forward, the actions you took decided it as well. Um, and actually, you had some kind of control over that. So I tried to not have, I tried to not think about how it would be. I tried to set up scenarios and let you guys figure it out. Um, I liked it because by the end, I was heartbroken. Um mm because of the characters dying and because it was the end and it had been such a long time and I didn't want it to finish, but I did want it to finish. And so I've, I felt like I've really like emotional about the ending, which I guess, yeah, that's what I wanted out of it really. And hopefully that, that you guys enjoy that journey. And that's, that's, that's all I really wanted. And to tell a bit it of a story feel, and it was fun. It did feel very organic. I'll give you, it was, it, it did mm. feel like it came from us rather than you, but you did mention that you didn't expect the party split. So where did you see that final fight with Grazet? And and the dragon. Let's say that the dragon was was there, but I think mm-hmm. the story had moved on by that point. So where did you where did you expect Grazet to turn up? Was it was it tag teamed with Althea at the actual tower? Yeah, it was, was going it to be, going to be at the, it was going to be at the tower outside the tower by the two massive kind of spires of of flame. And outside there, you would have fought Grazet with Althea basically shutting the doors, and he'd be the next stage with the Death Knight in there as well. Um, so it'd be like a three tiered fight where it'd be dragon back kill the dragon, Grazit, kill Grazit inside. And then you have the fight that you kind of faced inside there. Um, 
as well. But because of Graz, all the listeners that are hearing this and going, shit, we missed out Grazette flying on Dragon back to take these fools out. That sounds amazing. You can blame Folly for that. Um, That's why I was trying to. If the DM will come in. I'm listening to it and it's like, we killed the dragon. That it was Folly that made sure that got finished off. Here we go. Folly kept Elthier alive, technically. Oh, here he is. Oh, and Folly fucked go. up your death night. Here we go. Look at me. True. Where I'm would we be without Folly? Bollocks. Yeah. Well, so you'd probably be in the same place. For 100 episodes, but... but I turn up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I say very little for 100 episodes. We have a, we're recording just for your, for your ears, listeners. We're recording on a thing called uh, Zencast. I think I've, I've said it before. Um, Plug. Which, if, by the way, you're all wondering how, uh, how we go about recording remotely and work from home style, it is through Zencaster. Check it out. Well worth doing. But we're also using their kind of, um, webcam session as well. So we can all see each other. And it's a cool thing that you can almost like, uh, Zoom. Put your hand up virtually if you want to say something, but it also causes everyone's windows to shift. And Danny was uh, jumping around in front of my face. Darren's doing it now. I wanted to know if you guys actually had something to say or you're just fucking around. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I totally have something to say. And I think it's, it's to this point that Mark's making about how it ended and how he couldn't predict it. I think it's uh, because... I don't know if you all felt it, but it had a very Hollywood-esque ending. Like, you know in those epic mm. fantasy stories where the goodies split right i'm thinking classic tropes like phantom menace qui-gon and obi-wan go and fight darth maul and the best lightsaber duel that's ever been created in duel of the fates meanwhile um, the gungans and droids uh, yeah the gungans and droids are on the blue um anakin's in the sky fighting the droid center so you have these three main parties that split um it's it's a big trope in video game in video games as well think like the final fantasy series uh if i pull final fantasy 7 out on top of my head you have cloud and sephiroth fighting as one thing and there's a bigger combat that's going on elsewhere and i think um that's more of a testament to us as as consumers of popular geekdom that we felt yeah let let the 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 samurai style encounter between two noble warriors of Drago and Grazit happen here, while the grander um, the grander more important event happens with the remaining party as they charge towards the tower. And I think we naturally found that structure. There was no looking around the table when. Uh, people decided that the split was necessary there was no outcry like why on earth did we do that it was very much no this feels right and i think that's because we consume a lot of yeah there are points where heroes tell stories in different directions in the big moments um that was my contribution and i think that that, that's where mark took me Mm. and i think we found that as players and there was no way mark could have planned for it but he made some really nice different um different variants on the the what a hero has to do in the concluding moments. You know, Mark, you set that up. You set up, uh, you gave us something that each character might latch onto. And lo and behold, it was Drago. Uh, and lo and behold, it was Folly. And those were the two sort of major heroic moments that, that just organically happened from something you built. Hmm. It was, um, yeah, that's a, that's a very deep way of looking at it as well. I, I do. Mm. I stutter at the point of heroic moment for Drago, though, although it did play out like that. It was uh, innately a very selfish act, his final one there, because it was all self-serving. Mm. Um, yes, it broke the the foothold of Elthir, but Granzo, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but if he had lived, the blight still would have ended with the uh, the Onyx Reaver going in to the, the book and then being thrown into the 
the whirlpool. Now you tell me I'm wrong, Grazak was integral and he did need to die, in which case Drago's a fucking hero. But it no, does he, there is he an argument to. to be made that that was a very, very selfish act. I would see it as slightly selfish. Um but no, it, it would have closed anyway, but Grazak would have gone out of his demigod way to have stopped the book from falling into the blight. It's sorry, into the rift, mm. along with Elthir, along with the Death Knight, along with anything else in his mm. in his capability. Um and that's yeah. not me hating on Drago, or especially not that decision either. I, I think it's true to character, and I think uh, he started that campaign very self-centered, and I need to do this, I need to avenge my father, and despite anything else, you know, there's a whole argument there of, does a leopard change its spots? Well, in Drago's case, no. But, um, you know, uh, Darren, you've got, your, your, your screen's bouncing up. I love this. I've turned into fucking Oprah. Darren, you've got something to say. Let's listen in to you. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like one of those like Mario Party things where like like little Cooper Trooper has something to say, whoop, 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 and he just starts <laughs> popping around to, to try and get your attention. Um, something that I've actually only just noticed while I've been listening to this is that at some point in this campaign, and this may be true for other people as well, but I actually now feel like I stopped telling a story by playing Dungeons and Dragons and instead started to tell a story through Dungeons and Dragons, if that makes sense. I want Dungeons and Dragons was no longer the primary, the primary, well, I don't even know what the word is. It was no longer you the primary. You used it as a conduit. tool to tell your story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think I get it. there was a lot of serendipitous things that happened without discussion. So for instance, I don't think Helena or I mean, Casey's not here to, to answer this, but would have been aware that the other three without me, Callum and Will never discuss this, but that the, the, the prospect of Helena destroying the Onyx Reaver was never an option because of the role that that character has in the wider world of Erith. So the campaign has out, has had, no, allow me to rephrase this. The world has has outgrown the campaign, and I think that's something that makes me really excited for for the next arc. Is is that this world is just continuing? It's just it's just going somewhere else, and that that makes it so so fun to invest in. That actually, with with storytellers, as before with Dungeons and Dragons players, that Dungeons and Dragons is the conduit for telling that story, and that's. I think that's so cool. And that, that's no, I, the magic I, of Dungeons and Dragons for me. I agree. And I think especially when you're a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, that kind of uh, skill is very important if you're trying to convey story because it's really hard to um, to get Dungeons and Dragons sounding like an uh, audiobook, if you will, uh, due to the format. But I think we do a good job of kind of keeping towards the Dungeons and Dragons rules and play set. By also and also at the same time giving ourselves kind of almost a i mean take the epilogue for example i don't think it was so left field i think it's on trend for our podcast to have like an epilogue where there's just the dm talking um, about our characters but at the same time it does sound like something we do it's not like well this is totally different and we did not expect this i think we do quite a good job of playing that audio book role at the same time um just to draw on one thing that you absolutely 
nailed was uh, Helena. Uh, unfortunately, Casey isn't here, but we got to give props to Casey because, wow, man, did she not make a what was meant to be like oh, yeah. a part-time character into a full-time character into the main character. Like, yeah. I think it was a, an incredible um, uh, show of her skill. Um, so, yeah, Casey, if you are listening to this, well played. GG. She was literally an NPC. She was literally an NPC. That's that was the that was the role. And fill in NPC for two episodes, and then off you go. And uh, ended up, yeah, becoming a pivotal part of this campaign, and uh, uh, you know, a steadfast figure of 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 the world of Aerith and the, and the kingdom of Sleepguard. From NPC to MVP. Oh. <laughs> that's yeah. that's wow. the opening of the show. Bloody <laughs> hell. Um, sorry, I'm just reading the chat. So it was Zencaster is also, because I'm, I'm not going to edit this, listeners. As you hear us talk is how you'll hear it in your in your ears. Uh, we've also got a chat window as well. Not with you guys. Is there a wish? Maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll open When we do a live a stream live episode. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Oh, that'd be Let awesome. us know if you'd would... like that. That would take hours for us to set up, though, because we just spend so long chatting. But those people are worth it. The people yeah. who've listened to us from episode one, which really cannot stress our thanks for that. If you, you know who you are from episode one all the way through to uh, one oh nine that the epilogue was at. This is one ten. Um, I mean, guys, ah, oh, come on, well done. Like, Thank let you. us know. We know of people who have, and uh, we love you dearly. Uh, but likewise, if you haven't, let us know yet. Please do because that's a that is a feat all in itself. Because some of those earlier episodes, um, oh boy, unless you're drunk, not they to disparage anything we've were. done, but uh, yeah, well done, well done for getting this far. We can promise you that um, we're not closing at this. No this isn't the end of our podcast. We're moving on to bigger, better things. We have a another story to tell, and um, that will be coming up in well, we're. Well, we- yeah, I guess I can plug this now. It, it, next week, there's going to be... It's kind of like a prologue-style episode to introduce the characters and the... Uh, it's the same world, still Aerith, but it's going to be new areas. So this kind of uh, serves as a um, as an introduction to some new characters. It's a prologue-type style. It's going to be kind of rough and ready. Um, and yeah, if you hear it, you'll get some cool insight and backstory on on the new uh, characters that we're going to different play. different view of Aerith, isn't it because it's it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a different view of Aerith, which is nice i think yeah, it is but our official start date will be actually three weeks from now so we'll have um when you're listening to this next week will be prologue one the week after we'll be prologue two and then we're putting everything into episode one of our new campaign and um please please tell your friends and family about that you went it's not going to be one of those things where you go like uh there's this tv show but you need to you need to watch like the first season of breaking bad before it really gets good (laughs) they can jump off we're going to make it well easy just to jump straight into the the latest episode on our newest story so um please do advertise that i've got darren jumping around in front of me desperate to say something darren what do you need to say it's really not that desperate, but I think the screen makes it look desperate. This does, it does. It, it's, and it I know does. that the yeah. longer it happens and the more I talk over it, it it's given me stress. <laughs> so I got just like, <laughs> shit, I really need to get to it. Garen, go on. No, no I have a question for everybody because this, this campaign closure has got me quite philosophical. And I always, I'm always slightly lamenting of the fact that I came to Dungeons & Dragons later in life. So my question is, yeah, exactly. 
my question is <laughs> to all of you: What is the best thing about Dungeons and Dragons? Jesus, what is the wow. best thing about Dungeons and Dragons? You are feeling you? sentimental. That, I am. Fucking but hell! But if there was ever a time for such a question, it is surely at the end. Is of it such too on the nose episode. to say you guys? Yes, I it's think, happy, oh, but yeah. The, the, oh. the, 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 the true, the true, the true Dungeons and Dragons was the Dungeons and Dragons in our hearts all along. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is four a.m. in the morning, and we've just had a bifter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I will. I will start with the. I'll start with the soppy one, and then you guys can all be serious after that. But without this, us all messing around on this, aside from it being a podcast, aside from everything else. Um, it's kept us in contact through a, a very, very hairy part of a very, very hairy and lonely part of of history. Um, there are some of you that you know, despite being close friends and having friends for quite a few years, we would have fallen out of contact naturally, especially when we were not allowed to be in contact physically. We not like that. Well, a little bit like that. Um, then it would have been very difficult <laughs> to, to. We could have found excuses every now and then, but it would have been sporadic. It would have been once every four or five months, if that. Um, and it was such a good excuse to um, to sit around with a bunch of friends, good friends, and and just chat shit and just play around and be a nerd and um, laugh and cry and everything in between. It gave me a focus. It gave me um, an angle and something to to channel my thoughts into when when the world gets a bit too heavy and the news was just you know just hair raising stuff. You could just escape into. A little world um and spend some time with some good friends so that for me was the has been the best part of it given that the majority of my D career has been through a pandemic um that's the biggest thing I, the biggest takeaway i've taken from it so far is that i think to go along that it's point. definitely um the same sort of style for me it's the fact that it's enabled me to uh not only keep in contact with you all but i feel like we've gotten closer um together yep. as a group yep. because of it and we've all got this inside kind of circle which is very cool and it's also very rare at not to sound like an old fucker but at this time in life as you get older and your careers develop and your families develop around you uh, your walls tend to get higher and uh you know letting new people in it, it gets harder and harder to do not not because you become old and fucking jaded just because life moves uh quicker and and your priorities change so um i do think this has made us all closer it's introduced like danny into my life as well and casey and and just that's such a beautiful uh happenstance because mm. we've done this um and so there's so much to be thankful there uh from a, a more of a self-centered point of view it's allowed me to keep in touch with um the drama side so i think most of us here study drama at some point in our lives whether it be a levels and uh, then degree and then trying to pursue it afterwards uh and then and i was one of those guys i, I studied a levels did it as a degree went to national youth theater did all that awesome shit and then real life happened and i got a job and um i was very lucky fell in love and all of that stuff um but what this is and i just stopped acting and performing in any kind of frame of mind and what this has done and i didn't expect it when will you kickstarted all of this um years ago by saying hey come around let's play some dungeons and dragons i'm by, I'm past 30 at this point. Um, what I didn't expect the consequence of that to be was the that itch that I've always had to to take up some acting again, just low-key, just pick up a script and read it and perform it, the art of performing. 
this gets this fulfills that and that i i never went into it expecting it it was like this old friend that i found again and it's like oh hey you like taking a character and, and making it your own and and uh and the whole ad lib thing you really enjoy that you forgot about me and it's it serves that purpose so yeah i i really like it for that yeah i think uh I'll jump in and I think for me it's a community thing the idea that there are millions of people who play this around the world and the most important you know voice at our table is 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 marks in a game but in all these other tables the most important voice is other dms and the 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 way in which millions of people across the world are engaging in uh social situations that they wouldn't do in in real life, the way in which they're exercising their mental health, the ways in which they are breaking out of, of isolation, the way they are staying in communication. It's such a positive, powerful tool for just being, being human. Um, and we go back to the basics of what it was to be human in the first place, uh, is to share stories and to pass on, pass on stories. And that's, that's the community you know, you'll always recognize you'll always recognize a Dungeons and Dragons player because they'll have some, some they'll have something. There'll be a, a badge on their bag of a D20. They'll be wearing a critical role t-shirt. They'll uh, you know, you'll see them on Facebook and you'll see a shared like is is uh, Matt Colville's YouTube uh, video playlist. Like it's not hard to find them, and when you do, you immediately have a bond with someone. You immediately have a, a way of connecting you. Um so yes, there are six seven people at our table but there are there are millions out there at, at tables that look just like ours and that's Absolutely. what's great about it beautiful man definitely a nice thing there for me i'm just a dice whore i just like buying lots of dice to play this thing <laughs> you're just with. a whore <laughs> that too about the dice in general. You, i think you, that's you fair like as the, the artifacts no that come with playing dungeons <laughs> yeah are yeah so, i, so I feel cool. like an absolute child when i'm buying so many dice boxes, dice, minifigures, and all this kind of shit. I'm not disagreeing with anything you guys have said. I completely agree. I love the community aspect. You did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know I would be. I'm just clarifying that right now. So community, brilliant. It's brought us all closer, absolutely. And I, I love you guys you so, so much. What... Yeah, I I'm just trying to put something new to it. And one of the yeah. things I do indeed love is especially for a new arc or a new campaign, it's getting the new journals, it's getting the new dice, getting the new miniatures, all that kind of stuff that comes with it. I, it just makes me feel like an absolute child again. And I do think to a certain degree, especially for myself, I'm not going to say for everybody, as we are of people of a certain age, you say, keeping in touch with that inner child of yourself, I think is partially important as well, just to keep yourself mentally stable and just to enjoy life love it well elm you're the guy who introduced us all to this well not yeah, Danny, you bastard building else. on callum's point um i hadn't even like i hadn't actually generally clocked that i'd need a new um notepad until callum just said that um that that hurts a little bit i'm Same not gonna here. lie that that hurts um, and actually source one of those and or find a place to put my existing notepad because it can never be used for anything else it's only been used as notes for this campaign so oh, i was going to say for character because you've had two so yeah sorry, 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 sorry it's, 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 it's a notepad that's only ever been used for for this this campaign it's, it's got all the way notes from the beginning from Elthir all the way through um and then obviously when Carson started to develop a bit more i started writing from the back of the book as well all his songs and that kind of stuff so yeah thanks for that cam now i've got a 
Yeah, thanks for that. Now I've got a sort of yeah. notepad. That's you awesome. Yeah, D and D for me, it's it's a weird one. I, I I dipped my toe early on and and that kind of stuff, and then I thought, as 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 happens with every group, someone has to go. Hey, I'll be a DM for a bit, and you know, like a bajillion people that came out of the woodwork um, and wanted to do it. D and D has always been for me about like you guys have covered a lot of it. Um, it is about that acting. It's about sort of I don't know, it's like when when you play a computer game you're you're living that character's life that's that's different from your own you're getting to experience you know this fantastical world where you know magic and all that kind of stuff and 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 that got exists so it's always been a nice sort of form of escapism I think from 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 like reality to go hey let's let's play a game where you can you know do magic and shit like that so that's that's always been the draw for me I totally agree. Breaking mm. out of your everyday into the magical. Right, you, Baldy Locks. Again, we've been through this. You're a great man. <laughs> you have <laughs> tale. at some point. That the, it's know, at least one <laughs> episode, <laughs> session, whatever you want. I know, but it was getting very serious and melancholy and you self-reflective. To, you I, want I needed to trailer park trash. You. I needed to bring the douchebag. <laughs> um, for me... I think Callum said something actually quite poignant about that essence of play. And it sounds really strange, but it's always kind of makes me quite philosophically sad when I think that a part of growing up seems to be a, a disconnect to that essence of play and that essence of escapism through live creation with friends. Um, and I think Dungeons and Dragons is a revitalization of, of that. Basically, I think there's something quite brilliant from a DM's perspective about being able to well build and story build and to to share that with people who then help you enrich that story in ways that you can't imagine. I've just seen I've got a message. It's probably is Darren's gone <laughs> sounding like a smart man. I am a smart man. Thank you. <laughs> I try to be anyway. Um, I, I, I've completely lost my trail of thought. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. That was, You've broken him now. You've I, broken I, him. I was trying um, to do it in like a, like a, like a, a, a Southern Darren Garth sound like Darren a smart, smart man. Darren 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 you, you were sounding really intelligent. Darren. Not that you don't anyway, but um, you just sounded, yeah. you used <laughs> a couple of policy. I, I, have, words, you know? I have written a lecture on uh, performance and dungeon. <laughs> and dungeon. Here, here you go. Push oh, that. Here we are. I have a lecture. So it clearly wasn't very good, but I did manage to I wear my, uh, velvet waistcoat as I, uh, as I read have many leather bound patches uh, sewn in you know <laughs> but actually from a from a performance sense you invest so much of yourself particularly when you character create I often find one of my favorite things and maybe this is a bit too philosophical but there is an extension of some of the best part of yourself that makes its way into your character which I think is I think is just actually incredible um and then the performance side of Dungeons and Dragons, it's incredible because you are both performer and audience at the same time. Everyone at that table is all of those things. And I listen to Dungeons and Dragons podcasts and I watch Critical Role and all these other Dungeons and Dragons adventures because I, I care as much about the people who are playing the characters as I do the characters, if that makes sense. I want to go on that journey with those people. And I think 
that role of being at a table and being both performer and audience member at the same time. And then, and then if you're lucky enough to be able to extend that and have people who watch you do that or listen to you do that. Plug to the audience. Thank you very much again. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Indeed. Thank, thank you. you. You've made it this far. Yeah. Um, that was, that was yeah, that, that's everything I love. I, I do just want to tag on, not tag on. Maybe I want to slightly disagree with Darren on that there. Cause you said something about, um, you Jesus put Christ. like a lot of yourself. Yeah. He got real and you're just slapping his taste out of his mouth. Slapping and taste out of his mouth or anything like that. You said that you normally find yourself putting like something of you in the character that you create. I did not find that at all. Um, I, well, you're well, sat with Yeah, you're sat with your nipples out. So that's <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> um, I'm not sat here with my nipples out. No, I, I get where Callum's coming from. There, um, I, I, but when I will. Said that, I did think a try. Yeah, I, I will agree with a certain aspect that I did not realize until I had lost Shadar how bonded I was with him. So you do get very emotionally invested in these fictitious characters all the time um but yeah i didn't see any of myself in shade or, or folly but i was one thing i definitely was not expecting uh, was just it was an characters. extension of your creative self what a, a i think i think grumpy sometimes your first character is always in, an interesting one i think people's first characters especially if they're new to D uh, D or, or any kind of like Role playing um, in like a D and D setting or live action or whatever, I think sometimes your first character has more of you in than you probably realise. Um, well, my first character was actually a Tiefling Warlock, not Shadar. Yeah, well, exactly. So you may have found if you think that's your Tiefling Warlock, you may have found if we play that character more, you may have found more of that person. Yeah, what, whatever, and you walked up wearing a robe and carrying a stick. I'm not that's, talking about you. Fair. I was talking about yeah. Callum dropping his uh, yeah. character class there. I was reacting yeah. to um, Danny's oh. face. Tiefling Warlock sounds proper shit as well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, hey, I I'm, didn't want... I'm not the one who um, disregarded your your point there. No, and the last... Sorry, the last the last thing I just while I was thinking, sorry to interrupt all of you, um, of, of D and D being awesome is the fact that as Callum you mentioned that characters <laughs> can hell, die, Callum. no characters can die, yeah, and there's a yeah, finality that, to love. it, and that the, the opportunity that, that that's it, it goes, that's it, you cannot you cannot play that again. I mean, you can, but it's a bit mm. of a trope. But that you had Junior at the end of the name, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, or the, the oh, you had the tenth or the ninth or the eighth or whatever you want. Um, that finality is so <laughs> is so like. You don't expect it to hit you, oh, but it, it fucking shit. does. It it hits you, and um, yeah, and because you have invested time into it, you've invested ev- effort and um and creation into it, like as Darren mentioned, um, it does. It hits you. It hits you hard, man. Especially when you've been playing them as long mm. as you guys, uh, you guys had. If the ending wasn't now, if we had more to go, and Claude dropped, you know, that would, I guess, to an extent, Danny, it might have felt mm. all right, knowing that right, we're only three, four episodes away from the end. You know, it's it with a build up to the end. That's fine. If it had been kind of Shadar style, like in the middle of the campaign, um, I mean, would that would that have, would that have changed the way you felt about his his death? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think as soon as we left the spooky vampire house and we made it to the the blighted lands, um, I was on borrowed time at that point. Claude knew that the most important thing is to keep everyone else alive and get and finish this uh, and i am expendable claude has died once he wants to he wants to spend eternity in the uh, in the eternal plane that's his plan um 
having been in a situation where Claude was making death tapes, I think it was the fight with Ericast, the one with the fucking candles that took us so long to figure out why we weren't fucking damaging him. Hell, and I was on like two candles. death saves at that point. And I, I was really like that had really, I'd felt worse then than when I did actually losing Claude because the stakes were so high at the stakes were really high when I lost him, but we were at the conclusion, you know, I felt like I'd made a really significant contribution to the end. That's it. I'd, I'd, it was the relay race and I'd run my leg, right? That's the, the, the metaphor. Whereas then it was, there was so much to do. I hadn't even corrupted Drago into being a paladin yet. Like there was so much I had still to do. And I really didn't want to play another character in, in Aerith. I didn't. I wanted to play this story. I, 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 the idea of it ending was so painful to think mm. about at that moment. And then I think Drago puts a potion in my mouth and everything's better. Um, but I saved your ass a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, there was an unspoken bond between Drago. Not so much unspoken. It became very real towards the it end. Was a very vocal it bond. It was not yeah. unspoken whatsoever. But there <laughs> was definitely a bond between Drago and Claude. And in many ways, like you said, uh, the whole Paladin arc of Drago, it, it started with Claude. And our first time we met, I think Drago held a sword to your throat. And um, yeah. I mean, who didn't he do it? But he, he held a sword to your throat and really disliked the way that you were that your religion that you kept the faith that you had i think it was so alien to him and then there's something so beautiful about the fact that towards the end he's now ca- carrying claude's amulet and claude's shield and he's echoing the same words that claude had about akiva and he's practicing his faith mm-hmm. and he's in the epilogue even when he hasn't got something to pray about he's still practices mindfulness he pra- practices connection with the kiva mm. um that, 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 that success beautiful. that was successful criteria for me when i came into this um i said practically to mark i don't really care necessarily about my character i ended up caring a lot more about my character but i want to make everyone else at the table um more aware of what character means to them um i'd, I'd fortunately been able to play a bit of dungeons and dragons before joining the podcast so I'd, I'd sort of flexed that early character nerves and then played a couple um, of additional characters elsewhere. Um, and for this one, it was like, right, I'm making someone who is a, a servant to the party and the party's story. And uh, yeah, for some reason, I just had you in the tractor beam first, Drago, to sort of uh, completely, mani- not manipulate, it's the wrong word, corrupt. It, it, it's uh, enlighten, it's to, to, yeah, to, to broaden the view. Really. Makes me feel better anyway. Uh, and then slowly that trickles to everyone else, but uh, I sort of channeled it through through Drago's efforts. It was it was um, uh, it was a beautiful journey. Like literally, you could paint the first image of us meeting sword at your neck, and then the last image of us would be you in my arms, saving my life. Uh, it, there's just it's a yeah. I'm very very proud of um, the journey that both of those characters went on with each other. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. I just fucking. I just love the whole thing. Really. Great. <laughs> Darren, you wanted to say something. Yeah, and I think actually around. everything Danny has just said encapsulates your point about characters being some form of a creation coming from the creative aspect of self. That you actually you you have an idea for what you want to do at the start, and the way it plays out organically over the course of a campaign is just so enriching um i had a similar experience level one robin i remember writing down the notes that he wants to be an instrument for change an instrument for good with a flaw of being completely directionless directionless 
and able of finding that himself, which makes him dependent on following others. I think that is why he felt Elfie's betrayal harder than anyone else, because he was convinced for a long time that that was Elfie. Yeah. I think he wanted it to be Drago at some point, and he turned to Drago. And I think he was actually liberated of that expectation because Drago was equally as deeply as flawed and as broken as Robin was. Um, and they kind of had that solace that it was a, a friendship there. I don't think there was any more expectation than than just that companionship between Get the two together, of them. Yeah. And I'm so glad that Hel- uh, Case did come along because Robin's arc was transformed so gradually over completely misrepresenting who Helena was, having his classist expectation that she has to be doing this to wallow in her own self-pity, which even comes from that stupid line in the pub where he assumes he knows why she's doing this and he gets it completely wrong with the your mother's dead to to the point where actually <laughs> he's found that person he needs to follow for that instrument of change. And yeah, I, I didn't know that was coming at the start. So again, that organic unraveling, similar to Danny, there was a point where it was like, it's Helena all along. That's, that's, that's Robin's Akiva, if that makes sense. That, that's, that's Robin's direction. And that was incredibly rewarding to discover. Fucking Akiva, man. Pops up everywhere. Will, question for you. You've played two characters in this campaign, both heavy hitters. Um, both survived. Fuck yeah. you. Who's your favorite one? <laughs> if you had to pick, who did you like playing more? Or Okay, two questions then. Who did you like playing more? And whose story do you prefer when it comes to the end? That's really hard it's only just dawned on me that both of your characters are, I, I, like, I don't think many players out there, especially when you're doing like seasons or stories like we do, end up with two surviving characters at the end of it. Um, yeah, Elfie was a very strange because his 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 change was all was was very he was it wasn't didn't go in, I didn't go into the um, game going right. Elfie's going to betray the party. I'm going to be that guy. It just sort of evolved in the story. Um, his character and the way I built him, he was very orchestrated around the Sword Coast. So it was one of those things where I think coming to Aerith, he really felt like that a fish out of water, and he was he was way outside of his his comfort zone as a as a person. Um, and to answer your question, Danny, I never actually considered writing um, Elthir's epilogue. It wasn't a factor that I considered for for this. I was like, I, I I think his his story is, you know, Drago takes him home and and that kind of stuff, and then that's it. It's 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 an interesting one. Um, Karstan, do you feel like it's no longer your story to tell in some ways? I don't know. Oh, I don't you, do you keep that. It must be weird because obviously you have total control of your character's emotions and thoughts until he's either dead or she's dead. Um, but yours was returned to you. So it's like, in which case, who who's driving those thoughts and ambitions now? Is it the DM or is it Will? It's it's I mean, a weird situation that we find ourselves in. I think if, I think in, in you know, in, in my mind, you know, Drago takes Althea home and 
I don't know if you considered as Drago the fact that the journey to take him home from the Sword Coast is quite a long one. Um, uh, my my uh, superior knowledge on all things Sword Coast meant that I knew exactly how long it would take. <clears throat> no, I I um I I'd be honest, man. I I just. I knew that Drago would get him home. That's the yeah. best place for Elthir. Reg- yeah. Regardless, I think of anything else, and this is me then driving Elthir's wants and ambitions, so, and I'm always up for saying, no, it's fucking wrong. But I just feel like the best place for anyone who's been through what Elthir has is to be at home with well, their so, family. So, so, so one of the, and this inter- it's a nice one to talk about, actually, one of the driving goals around his betrayal was the fact that he was promised to be able to go home that was one of the driving things around uh, Elthir's betrayal was that he was presented the opportunity to go, if you do this for me, um, I'll make sure you get home. And at that point, Elthir was like, well, screw, screw Aerith. I don't know it. I don't, it's not, Aerith is not my home. Screw that. I'll do this. And I'll get to go home. You know, I've been dragged to this place. That I don't want to be followed this stupid dragonborn to find his sword. And here we fucking are. Um, <laughs> on the, on the eve of your, Betrayal, though, uh, Claude and Elthir had that extensive heart-to-heart, and I think Claude made the, the exact same promise. I think I said something on the lines of, I'll get you home. Yeah, the only problem at that point was, um, from the character's point of view, um, Elthir was fairly bound in, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. in, in my mind, um, yeah, yeah, in my mind, there was a corruption there. In my mind, um, I was had that if if if... Mark ever wanted me to, to 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 do it is that um, Elthis started out being corrupted and thinking it was of his choice, and then I imagine that part of him probably got controlled by whatever was con- with the, like Grazit and that kind of stuff. And actually, there was probably part of Elthir that wanted to fight against that, but then couldn't anymore. Hmm. Um, so and was all- shortly after Shadar died, he obviously we know now killed that. Preacher in Claypie, yeah, not that yep. shortly, not that shortly after, not that quite shortly after that. Yep. For you and for Elphir, was Shadar's death the point of no return? Do you think? Do you think Shadar's death was the watershed moment for him? Yeah, I think because, um, yeah, he'd been, he'd been, he he'd, he'd had that temptation, and then Shadar's death happened, and then he associated blame, and he was like, right. Elthir went out and, and did what he had to do, kill that person to commune with the person that he needed to commune with. And um, yeah, it was a very interesting one from, but that probably was like the, Shayla's death was probably the major catalyst for Elthir to go, right, screw this. Um, Cause Shadar was Elthir's link to pre-campaign as well. So. so uh, like on Danny's, uh, wonderful question about uh, Elthir's epilogue. Do you feel anything towards Elthir? Because we all feel something towards our characters. We all wanted them to end in a certain way, whether we got that or not. Um, but did you did you have anything there? Was it all about Karstan, or was there anything for Elthir? Or did you had had you just given total reins to uh, to Mark? I sort of, I sort of resigned myself to 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 hand it over to Mark because I didn't want to write anything, depending on if if um you know he, he did he was killed by other people's epilogues and I was like I was like and it sort of stopped being his story as it were his you know as much as his you know Drago's taking him home I think his 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 story was his his downfall and I think his redemption is something that 
you know, it's nice perhaps for the listeners to decide whether he goes back to the Sword Coast and 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 finds redemption at home or whether or whether he doesn't and and yeah. and he lives with that shame totally forever agree. i think totally agree. i think potentially it's a nice one for for listeners to decide you know do they think that elf as a as an elf that lives for a long time will he live for another few hundred years and then decide that he's redeemed himself enough or or will he not totally agree and when i was writing elf into drago's epilogue um i never felt comfortable making decisions on behalf of Elthir. That's why I was messaging you guys going, would Elthir want to go home? Thankfully, Will, you 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 answered that one for me. But I also, I, I, I scripted that he never said anything, like, because I didn't feel comfortable driving mm. words from him. But I did, at certain points, I played with Tali uh, in Dragus Epilogue because I felt comfortable uh, with Tali, knowing enough about her situation and her character and, her future but with Elthir it was so mysterious and there was part of it like does he get fine redemption and I think you're absolutely right in thinking it's great for the uh, listeners to um to hypothesize about that you, yes, you guys are so lucky that, that Tar- oh sorry go on sorry I was just gonna say on top of that as you mentioned Ian about you not wanting to speak as Elthir the minute we discovered that Elthir was gonna live which I wasn't expecting I told myself he's not going to speak and it was useful that I could use the trauma of the events that he's gone through as a chance to become insular and shut down um, socially. It also gave me an out and in hindsight was a really good thing because it gives, like you said, that choice for the listener to decide mm. where where does his fate take him afterwards? What does redemption catch up with him? Does, you know, does his actions from the past catch up? Does he have a shot at redemption or does he not? And I think if I, if I had allowed myself to speak elf is uh, you know what he was going on his head that would have ruined that that would have taken away from that uh, that chance for the listen to make the decision themselves so i'm that's one lucky spur of the moment thing i'm really glad i did just to yeah. like you said he's not what was interesting though will you said he's not part of the story but he is one of the key protagonists who's still alive yeah he's yeah. one of the three that remained alive out of everyone it's utter um, mad that was so still alive it, and cast on is i find yeah. it quite funny that um you mentioned Tali because what you don't know is that during that whole bar thing, um, I actually went to Mark and went, if I try, if I murder Tali, how does that affect your story? Like there was a, <laughs> wow. holy shit. Yep. That would have yep. been, yeah, you wouldn't have, <laughs> have seen a very different Robin, Robin from yeah, that. A very, very like, different Robin. Was, like, like, like yeah. during that, but during that fire, there was the potential for me to have murdered, to murder Tali and set the place on fire. And, and, and yeah, it would have been a very different, I, Drago wouldn't have worked so damn hard to get you back if, like, <laughs> oh my god, it's an interesting one because I was probably like, wouldn't have a... paladined at all. That's what I mean. Um, they're, yeah. They're, yeah, wow, mm, wow. yeah, Jesus. In some yeah, ways, um, though, the paladin was driven a lot by Claude because that's the as I've learned. Yeah, but you need the drive. You need the super objective. Grazat was uh, was a big drive. Fight facing Grazat that first time in the cave and. um Mark played brilliantly that I think I rolled a crit against Grazet the first time you did. and it yeah. did fuck all to him. And it just left this whole like, well, what do I do? There's, I need more power and then enter, enter the whole paladin thing as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, uh, 
That's cool. You had a you have a question, Danny. Yes, this is moving the subject on because I want to hear from someone who isn't speaking much. Uh, Callum. Um, so, <laughs> Hang on, I've said a lot tonight. For you, yes, but for <laughs> general um, portion, what do you, what do you think? Say, no. um, oh lord. I so I, I was quite interested in your epilogue in particular because, like you, you're not folly's not around to tell it, but also. There's so much of folly we never learnt. Mm. Um, could you tell us more about the the Fizzlebang dynasty? Right, there you are the ninth. Why was the eighth not in attendance of your of your funeral? Does a does a tenth exist? Does um, uh, what's the lineage about? Who are they? Who are the Fizzlebangs? We never. These questions we never, that the listeners have wanted to know. This is it. We've never addressed well, years. <laughs> always two there are. No more, no less. <laughs> where is eight and where was ten? That's that's where I want to start. And then tell us about the legacy. Now, this is something that is uh, kind of, well, not kind of, this is entirely my fault. It was Folly's backstory. It's never something that I really brought up a lot in the campaign. And for one reason or another, at all. I thought you went on yeah. about it all the time. Like, at all. Folly's talking about his backstory. <laughs> if anything, yeah, we learned too much. Oh, Folly's yeah. all about his family again, for yeah. fuck's sake. Shut up, yeah. man. Um, no, what the Fizzlebangs are, uh, they are actually from Evershire, but Folly is ashamed of his actual story because his entire family are alchemists. Um, they are all very, very good ones. Folly showed a particular knack for it, but Folly was trying to brew a particularly, well, a particularly high-level stock magic potion. It went horrendously wrong. It blew up in Folly's face, as is like Folly Fizzlebang, um, and had like an odd side effect of giving him wild for metagame wild magic sorcerer kind of powers. So that's where it all emanated from um and he couldn't control them and folly basically and slightly heartbreakingly um only had a mum and dad which was folly fizzlebang the eighth and holly fizzlebang <laughs> and i'm not even joking that is in my book that is in my book right here right now <laughs> i i have a series of names that all rhyme with folly um, that was designed to be like distant relatives for him and all this kind of stuff. But I never really put them in. But it was good. It was Folly Fizzlebang the Eighth and Folly <laughs> Fizzlebang, um, which was his mum and dad, who unfortunately, because of his just trying to learn how wild magic works, he accidentally killed them himself. Wow. Um, and so distraught about this, he lied about where he was from because he never wanted anybody to find out what he'd actually done. So he left Evershire. He started telling people, including Carson, that he was from the Sanguine Lands, a place he'd never actually been to, um, just to try. But this was also part of the reason why he never brought up much about his backstory, because he was ashamed. And it was just kind of difficult when it's my own fault for tying him in like that. I ain't going to lie. But when you try and make your backstory something that you're ashamed of, there's not... I couldn't find a good way to shoehorn it in every now and then. And it's, it's a cry in shame because what a story. Jeez. Yeah, man. Like that's, wow. that's, that that's is a shame. It, There's a lot of fun that could have been had from that. But like you said, fun, fun. 
Yeah, because it's fun to play these different... It, you can't be a hero all the time, and you can't do good things all the time. Everyone's no, no, a, no. They're not just one shade of colour, you know. Mm. So it is fun to kind of dive into that, I think, anyway. I, you know, I could be, maybe that's not how you play, so that's, that's not for me to say. Uh, from a listener's point of view, though, that sounds good uh, to to hear, and there's a lot to unpack and get into there. So, but as you rightfully said, like you know, there's something to learn and move on, and and uh, it's, in the next time we play, you've got more of a bearing on. I don't say this was the first full campaign where I've played a character that has lasted more than so many episodes while we've been podcasting, um, and. On the next arc, I am hoping, at the very least, that I will be able to expand a lot more on my character's history, um, even though, well, no spoilers in all fairness, uh, just expand a lot more on my character's history, what he wants to accomplish, where he's going, and all that kind of stuff, really flesh him out. Um, Modern sure Fizzlebang, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's Actually, I'm going Holly. It, it, it's more effeminate version of Holly. Oh, hello. Ooh. Oh, because Molly's oh, yes. totally butch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tried to do a, like a high pitched voice that also sounded slightly feminine and just came out all kinds of wrong. Is but, there, uh, there was is there a, a little, little little accidental folly fizzle bang the tenth running around in a in a sordid uh, back alley somewhere, <laughs> blowing things up? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he will be the next inheritor of the backpack. So there is. Um, you so. just confirmed. There, there is a team. <laughs> there, there you go, listeners. Confirm. Get it on there. Reddit. Mark just <laughs> added to his NPC list for the next tale. We've got young Folly. We've got young Drago. I'm sure Castan's oh, got it's a like few baby, it's baby Muppets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> In all man. fairness, I think there's a good little like side story for a young Folly and Drago. Just two very kind of different characters. I genuinely, man, I, I, I had in my mind... Because we all um, forethought our endings and stuff like that, and uh, I couldn't have hoped for an ending like Drago got. That was literally it was a good ending box, for him. But, um, I did have a different ending that I thought was going to be more realistic to hit because I, I genuinely didn't think that Grazet uh, was going to succumb mm. in the battle. And if we did get to fight him, I thought he would be uh, he'd run. If Drago survived, he didn't survive because the death of Grazet. He survived because Grazet was like, you're going to kill me and I'm fucking out of here. I ain't laying on this to happen. So I had uh, an alternate, which I thought was going to happen more thing of uh, Drago and Folly going into the depths of the, the plains where Grazet reside. And that was going to be, that was the ending. Like, Oh, everyone says, you know, we say goodbye and stuff. And it's, it's Drago and Folly that's going on. They're never in a mission to kill Grazet. Um, because that's that was all I, I much before, prefer how it fucking happened don't get me wrong I loved how it went down it I was mean, great and I got a course out of it the way it did happen was absolutely amazing I'm not gonna lie I loved every minute of it and all the way up until the finale before I decided that Folly was gonna just finish it all I was kind of hoping and we would have had to discuss this um the folly would have gone to the sword coast with somebody. He would have seen it as a fresh start for him where he could be himself again. And yeah, that is where he would have had this happy ending where it settled down. Um, he kind of the family. Maybe, maybe he would have stopped with the, um, steel falls for a while. 
Uh, it just kind of helps them. But yeah, Folly was going to take the opportunity to go to this new plane that he never heard of, Sword Coast, and um, start afresh there. That was going to be his epilogue before yeah, he died. Hmm. Um, we oh. are coming up to time. Um, on I've got one week. question for the DM, though, before you Please. do that. Yes, absolutely. I wasn't, I, I wasn't about to end it. I was going to round uh, up a final few questions or so. So I, let's I, start it with yours. I kind of hope that Folly would have gone and found Meepo. Before we record our party's pet kobold, poor Meepo, who we were going to take on our journeys, and then we left in Neverwinter. Yep. <laughs> no we, it, put my stabilizers on, and we ran a little bit of Tales of the Yawning Portal to get to get us into it before we quickly ran off into a new world because I thought that's a good idea after I've been DMing for a few months. <laughs> um, we obviously come across Meepo and everyone's favorite kobold, and um, of course did a really stupid voice for it, and everyone fell in love with him. He was yeah, he's the uh, pre-recorded a nice guy. If we're being honest, I think yeah. we can was. safely say. Pre, the pre-recording nice guy except um meepo went on a bit of a journey with you where his nice guy you just bullied into submission yeah. when he left meepo we were going to train up yeah and he was going to learn skill maybe right. maybe Secretly. a future christmas special meepo yeah, yeah. the adventures he did of meepo he did appear in the 2020 christmas special. he did yeah he did there you go. he did include yeah. him which was a great little cameo i loved it <laughs> loved it loved it loved it but yeah, sorry. I just wanted to. Just, when Cal was talking about going back to the Sword Coast, I was like, "Oh, you could have, you could have brought in Meepo, and it would have been beautiful." Yeah. Well, maybe Drago and Elthea search out Meepo as a way of helping them <gasps> find a redemption out. arc. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd like the thought Meepo. of Meepo finding the book and bow and becoming the new Robin of Neverwinter. <laughs> I couldn't believe yeah. that was that was a surprise for me. Actually, um, was that Drago inherited yet another of his friend's weapons? Like he's just. Just buckaroo now. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his father's sword, Claude's fucking shield, Shadow's axe, Robin's bow. It's like, that's nuts. Crazy. Folly's very round with the, the weapons of all your dead compadres. And exactly. my axe. <laughs> it's very Lord of the Rings. You have my bow. Literally, you were the fellowship <laughs> all on your own. We should have given you Folly's <laughs> backpack as well, just to. Yeah. No, I like that still being there. Then. Yeah, I like that still being there, though, a bit of a monument to the, yeah. to mm. the party. I could like carry him all, in the stone. No should have the lift. bag of holding still. Like, you know. Well, yeah, fair. Can we, like, make it, like, an in-game thing? Like, you know, players can visit Folly's backpack, and in return, they can do one thing at one point that's complete and utter bullshit. <laughs> Like yeah. it's like a, it's like it's like a bless, a special bless at the backpack. Before for, she for, 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 if, for if you want hours. to try and pull off something absolutely balmy, stupid, ridiculous, just call in the blessing of the backpack, and you will be sorted. I think we should call it Folly's bullshit bless. There you go. <laughs> and night well, your character has to visit it in game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, touch if, the backpack. If, but if you in, if you invoke it, you become vulnerable to all damage. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and lots and lots of banter and abuse by your play- player mates as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I exactly. mean, that's guaranteed regardless you pick up that fucking backpack or not, especially when you count them. <laughs> um, so to wrap this up, because like I said, we're, we're coming up and I know there is some part of us that doesn't want to wrap this up because it means saying goodbye to these characters for, mm. for good um, or at least for now. But I'd say I'm for not good. Ready. Like, put, we'll put them in a box. And uh, and these are a big. I don't know about you guys. Big deal. Drago was my first proper character, mm. um, so it's a it's a very big deal to say goodbye to him. Uh, 
So uh, to to kind of send send us on our way, uh, great mm-hmm. song by Rusted Root. Yeah. Yeah, um, how we'll go around? Uh, how do you feel about your character's uh, journey? Uh, how do you feel like it ended? And um, general thoughts on this this story arc, as it were. And let's start with Callum because he loves talking. Jesus Christ, he's talking our ear off. Um, great, great. That was awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> I knew now, you were going to cut me off. I knew entirely you were going to cut me off. Uh, in all fairness, I loved the entirety of the story. I liked how Folly went out. I'm not disputing that. Uh, I would have preferred him to survive and give him a little bit of a nice, refreshing story because I think you he killed him. It. Well, yeah, I know I did, but well, you, well, I, I believe it's what Folly would have done. I would prefer to have done this when you are the the agent behind it. No, like, yeah, I know. I know what you're lining saying. up to do it. It's fine. Yeah, but Folly just saw everybody else had better things to do than what he did. I and thought, I, and going off on a, a similar tangent here, I genuinely thought when you guys entered that place, it was Robin who was going to do it. I thought so for I. sure I I had all the I would have bet the house on Robin. Mm. I mean, I I like the idea, although it is too of a fairy tale ending idea for me that uh, we would have been able to talk to Elthea, get him to renounce his ways, and then he goes and stabs the book and ends the blight himself, and we're all happy, living happily ever after. As a cop out, letting the DM do it's it. a, it's it a massive cop out. I I got to say, too fairy tale, but there was part of me that's like, no, oh, that'd be really nice. And then you cast um, whole person on his all and did it yourself anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got told that after uh, the actual. That was epic, man. When you did that, I, th- I, I still didn't expect. I think I was still in shock over the whole Claude thing, but I did not expect. I did not see you do that. And then even when you cast that spell, I didn't know that was the reason why. I thought you were just going to throw Elphir off the edge or something like that. <laughs> no, I, I saved Disintegrate for him. That's what I was going to do. I'd save disintegrate for Elthea. In in the moment, I'd, I'd changed everything that I'd planned. Such is the way, though, isn't it? I mean, that that this is, is the way. way. Yeah. Mm. Did you walk yeah. into the tower thinking, "All right, whole person, everyone," or did you walk in there nope. going, "Disintegrate time"? No, I, I I walked in there planning to be a boss. Um, I had a spell slot left for animate objects and that kind of magical bullshit. I had me disintegrate spell left. Um, and I thought, oh, I had Resilient Sphere, which I just had prepared just on the off chance. Um, so I did the Resilient Sphere one. But yeah, I thought, no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I can't do this. I can't. It was more so I didn't want to see anybody else die. I, I, I weren't too fussed if it was me again. Um, but I generally cared for like Robin and Helena and Karstan all being there. And it was like, no, I, I, I don't want to deal with with trying to portray an emotional folly because he will not know how to portray it at all. And I thought, no, fuck it. Folly's going to do this the way he does it. He's not giving anybody a choice. They're all frozen. And I really was genuinely lucky that everybody failed that. Mate, story, so. such was the serendipity <laughs> and that this is the magic of D&D again, right? Me and Case were one, we were one away from passing that saving throw, both of us. We both yeah. missed out on passing it by one. Mm. Yeah, it was. I, I had some sorcerer's point saved if I needed to bend luck, but I wouldn't have been able to do it on all of you. So who knows if anybody had passed that saving throw? Um, it could have been a very different story. Well, let's uh, spotlight on you. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Good one. Good. <laughs> Great <laughs> contribution. Yeah, really get in touch with the inner Callum there. Let's so, say um, so. Yeah, it was, it's, it's been a real journey. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm. It's really nice to 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 have seen this campaign through to the end with with the characters we've had, and it's nice to see these characters having it. And it's nice to. It's nice because obviously when you play a campaign book, obviously um, once that campaign book's over, that's it. The campaign's over and, and the world sort of ends sometimes unless you're going to play a whole overarching campaign. It's nice that we're about to go into a world that we as players have had an impact on developing and shaping the history of. So that's, that's quite a nice feeling, I think, taking going from this one into 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 the next story. Um, knowing that it's our characters that have decided this and we're existing in a world that has been shaped and impacted by our characters. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing some nice nods to, like, you know, different NPCs we may have met before. And, Easter yeah. eggs. Yeah, little very Easter cool. eggs. Very cool. Cool. Yeah, very, cool. very, very cool. That that will be quite cool, all the little references that I'm sure Mark will be putting in. Mark's always writing them right now to put them in. Yeah, He's, he's just a wordsmith, that's why. Got more genius. No, I, I agree. Well, sorry, just to jump in on what Will said. Uh, that's no, that's exactly do. what I'd hoped would be the case, especially from the epilogue and everything after that. I wanted it to feel like I think good D and D from my very very limited experience of it is a world that you guys not only have that um, autonomy in, but also you genuinely make a difference. The world doesn't just keep on spinning; you alter its course. And I think that is how I wanted it to be. You know, you have a world-ending event, you guys save it. And things get named after you. Things get renamed. Things change because of what you've done. And that was really important that that was built into the epilogue to, to show to you guys, look, nothing. things didn't return to normal. There are some elements of, of um, things that have stayed the same that you need to fix. But lots of things have changed away from the battleground because of what you've done. The way people talk, you know, the calendar has changed. Uh, events have changed. There are anniversaries that weren't there. There are names of places that have changed, you know, you've had an impact and yeah like you said it's really nice to have your new characters enter into that world and i think as players it's nice that you you know a little bit about the world you have that history innately built in we haven't got to talk about it you just know it um which would be really nice from a early in the early in the next story to be able just to get going and um, because you will naturally just know a bit about the area which is really really cool so yeah i agree with you all sorry danny over to you oh um, mine sort of keys into what Mark's saying, really. Um, as much as Callum was able to sort of exploit the rules of the game, um, <laughs> uh, Mark really let me exploit the, the the role play, the world, a little bit from... You had free reign, didn't you? Well, this is it. I was able to suggest the outright absurd that became folklore. I was able to... Can canon. Yeah, yep. I was able... Bless to, these eggs! That's it. Sorry. I was able to just make small but really small and really insignificant moments um that mark embraced and and ran ran full sprint with um to sort of world changing events like being able to legalize uh, a religion now so from this mm. point forward as the epilogue suggests uh the eternal ones and the worship of akiva is now legal so which the, you the also totally had... wrote as well you wrote that religion into existence as well danny I have to mention that as well that whole creation was you that i loved so much it was better than anything i'd written so it became the focal kind of deity of the campaign because it was it was so great um so that yeah i wanted just a quick shout out to you for that because that was well, that was incredible 
Thanks. It, it yeah, sort of helped me make the character. Like, um, we were all thinking about our super objectives for our characters for for our new characters, but our, my my sort of super objective for Claude was was um, take something that people uh, loathe and turn it into something that they love, uh, and I was able to do that. So yes, my mm. my biggest takeaway was a, a, a rapport and a thank you to Mark for letting me flex my my. Uh, my narrative cheats like Folly's game rule cheats. Always, never change. I would like to just say something about, do you know when you came up with the whole bless these eggs kind of thing? Mm. And then I think it was later on that you started obviously talking about your character more and how you died and come back and you were X amount of years old and mm. all this kind of stuff. Part of me out of game was thinking that it's like, I wonder if these are just like really old traditions that existed when Claude was first alive and then they've kind of just aged out of time. And I, I love the idea that you just all this stuff that seems like random nonsense that you made will be literally Claude's past life stuff, just thinking it's still common practice. It's and one of those moments, Callum, really where you said nice. something that's actually better than the reality. So let's go with that. <laughs> let's go with that. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. All right, you, Darren. Um, Robin of Neverwinter got to complete his story. His story was told. And Dustin Fogg, now Dustin Ghostbane, found the means of accepting himself and finding his place in the world. And that is the completion of a story arc that is incredibly fulfilling, and I'm very grateful for it. And you survived. And you survived. And that. And yeah, that. Uh, yeah. I echo yours, man. I, I was very, very fortunate. I think with Drago's whole uh, campaign, really fortunate with Drago's whole campaign, the way it played out, um, his ambition just to kill a fucking demigod. The fact that you guys supported him in it, then he went and got more power from uh, becoming best friends with Claude and journeyed there and became enlightened. And uh, and I really like the way it's ended for him, where he's um, he's gone full into a paladin uh, rather than, oh, yeah, a little bit paladin, using it for the power, mostly barbarian. Um, and he killed Akiva. Nope, he killed Grazi <laughs> as a paladin, what? not as a barbarian. Like, I loved that Claude's death was a catalyst. Even, it, like, it's so nuanced, the way it all played out, that Claude died, made Drago drop his rage and barbarian uh, materialistics, and he just went full paladin, started smiting, and that's how he killed him. Uh, and now he's, like, he's practicing his faith and all of that, that I've said before, so... There's there's uh, there's so many beautiful little things that I can pick out a Drago story that you all had a hand in, um, and to be able to go, yeah, he's get, he gets to go back home and he he's going to do right by the death of his uh, family and he's going to do right by his bond with Althea and he's going to and he's going to continue on with the faith and he's going to live a more peaceful life. He's not go angry all the time and he's not rageful. He finds beautiful moments and and. Uh, uh, yeah, it's real nice. But I also like the fact that there's just that hidden thing of like, well, there is part of him that's still there in Aerith in a bar being looked over by Tali. <laughs> and if something happened coffee. to him in the Sword Coast, like something untoward when finding Ren or something, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean he's done with Aerith. And and I, I, I like that kind of open-endedness and nature to it. But. 
yeah, just very fortunate, really. It's, uh, yeah, very cool. I want to rent that room in campaign two and just see it in the corner and be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> just break it. Yeah. <laughs> break it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, imagine. I know. Uh, I could take it with us as a pet. Mm. No, it's Tardy huge. Notice. It's fucking. It's huge. it's a dragonborn. Like it's it's. To well, this is the thing. Of... The spell has come to maturity now, right? It was a hundred. Oh yeah, it would have. So Mark said it has. Yeah, been it would have been a hundred days. So yeah, it so... would have uh, come to maturity now. Damn it. Yep. Uh, that's so it. There is it's... a drago in Erith now. It's ready for. There'll be a drago. Yeah, but it, it, has, to, it has to wait for. It has to wait for his soul, doesn't it? Drago has to die for it to become a thing. Otherwise, it's just oh, it's just yeah. a shell going. Yep. You're muted again, Mark. You're trying to say insightful, wonderful things. If you, you muted yourself, I, I just and said it's it's a husk. Like that. That's all I said. <laughs> it's a husk. Not so beautiful, insightful. No, really. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Mark, how do you feel about everything? Obviously, the, you're the key person here. And um, how did it end on your terms? Did you did I you mean, like the way that everything tied up? And because you, you, the, you did the epilogue, man. Like, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'll preface that I'm only the key person because of the shit you guys let me get away with and the stuff you give me i'm not that creative it's the stuff you give me that i go oh this yeah, would be cool yeah, if we yeah. take that and, and change it and go with this so um he's fucking more, great listeners <laughs> like we stand behind our dm um, we'll push him to the front yeah. if a war happened and we needed the spokesperson for our group it would be mark that we push <laughs> to the front you wow. deal with it we believe in you i'll get, I'll get over it we'll get over it um did, what was the question again did i like it no what was it <laughs> yeah go with that go with that how did, did you, you feel your campaign ended did you, did you like genuinely oh, shit. Did you... um not shit i was like ah oh, shit um <laughs> I, I didn't want it to end i i'm too attached to all the characters and i didn't want it to end um and that might characters. be why it not my character your characters and i think that might be why it felt like it was a protracted ending it just felt like it took ages for us to get there because I didn't really fucking want it to end, to be honest. And I mm. kind of liked what we had and it was safe and it was it was dangerous in terms of game. Not like, ooh, look at us being dangerous playing D&D. But it was dangerous and <laughs> but it felt like comfortable and it felt known and it felt there was lots of like settling and I know I'm going to get to see Drago and Folly and Karstan and Robin and Claude and Helena. You know, it, it's almost like sitting down and watching your favorite sitcom or your favorite um, mm. TV series again. Like You know what to expect with a couple of twists here and there, but you know everyone's going to be all right. Um, and so I think I'm just, I was just a little bit heartbroken when it came to the end. You know, a bit, bit of the stages of mourning and loss after it all. And I think I ran in to try and find one of you at some point. It was Casey, actually. Just... At some point, you know, in a non D and D time, in a non D and D place, you know, during during normal grown up hours of the week, and just like, can I can, can we just talk about it for a bit? Because I need to talk to someone about it. I try <laughs> talking to, you know, other people close to home at home about it, and they just don't get it. They don't get it. Whereas it's like a shared, like Dad said, it's a shared experience, and um, you, people outside don't get it. They will never get it. Um, but you do listeners because you're in the sanctum exactly the I've, I've loved every single second of it um, and looking back at it there are things that I'd like to change about the way I play but honestly in terms of the way you guys picked your route through the world and the story to its ending wouldn't change that for the world wouldn't change that for all of Aerith I thought Aww, I mean either yeah. way there is stuff that it might have been more interesting it might have been different but actually the choices you made got you to the these moments of just absolute bliss be that drama through combat be that combat through drama be that poignant moments be that some absolute hilarity um 
they all came through to the choices you made and that journey you know i wouldn't change that for the world wouldn't change for us so i am nothing but um just yeah in awe of of you all and um and uh, yeah loved it all loved it all loved every single second of it i think that is a really good way to see us out of this story uh involving helena castan claude drago robin and folly audience we can't thank you enough for just tuning in and listening and making us a part of your everyday week uh we really do love you for us uh for it for us we love you for us we love you for it uh so the biggest news that we have is that our latest our newest our freshest our amazing news story comes to you on march the 4th 2022 okay so you've only got three weeks to wait and there's going to be we're a weekly podcast and we're going to constantly deliver as we have done since we started this back in september 2019 we haven't missed a single friday uh so you can expect content in these three weeks like i said we've got um a couple of prologues for the new story just for you to listen to they're going to be very kind of character building y uh we're going to try and find our feet but we're counting it as our official start date for Our latest story is on March the 4th. So please, please tune in and tell your friends and family, um, your loved ones, everyone about it and get them to tune in as well. Um, But yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking by us. Uh, If you wanted to keep up to date with the podcast, you can do so on our Twitter page, which is at Fellowship Table. We're in the discussion of perhaps making more social pages. I don't know throw us some suggestions of what we should do you guys are young and hip i assume some of you are some of you are <laughs> old and hip and that's cool but i don't know Aren't what we a young and old, old and need like a hip depending on certain <laughs> <laughs> uh feel free to suggest where we could plug ourselves we're interested in we're interested in growing um, <laughs> we, we just want to plug away help us plug <laughs> <laughs> I, my we're all big children here. here i'm still laughing at a callum's yeah, hip joke yeah, to be honest yeah <laughs> where can like people that. follow just us get in touch just yeah. just let us just let us plug away maybe there's new avenues to plug and maybe you can help us <laughs> just just be the plug fluffer be oh. our plug fluffer <laughs> If you wanted to follow us individually you can do so i'm at i rolled a one darren's at darren page a six <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Danny's out at Total Party Thrills. Callum is at in need of a plug. I mean, uh, at the D20 Gamer. Ah, <laughs> uh, if you wanted to fo- follow Casey, she's still around and she's still forever be a part of our uh, our, our family of podcast. Um, she's stepping away for the beginnings of the new story, but hopefully we'll be back to play some sort of characters, maybe a full character, maybe a little part time one. Got some stuff going on. Um, all good things. Uh, but if you wanted to follow her, she's at Unicorn Crit. Uh, if you wanted to follow Big Willy Will, could, where can we do you? <laughs> you? You can do me at Natural 20 Will. So Woof. sexy. <laughs> That's what she said. And if you wanted to follow our masterful one-of-a-kind DM, you can find him at Hastily Rolled DM. <sighs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is the end of oh. season one. End of this story. No, Until next no, time. No. Don't do it. Farewell. Farewell.